Hey, choir, thanks for all your good work and hard practice. Looking forward to this afternoon tonight, and uh, we're grateful to God uh, for them. You be praying the Lord would work among us. So take your Bible and go this morning to Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse 21 in a moment in this series of messages that I've entitled The Men of Christmas. The Men of Christmas, Zacharias, then Joseph, and then today we come to this passage where the only time we find Simeon is in this text. This, what we believe is an elderly gentleman uh, hanging out at the temple looking for the promise of God. And the message that I've entitled, A Baby Dedication Like No Other. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. We began reading in verse 21 and read down through verse 35. So you have your Bible, you follow along as we hear from the pen and the word of Dr. Luke. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called, say that word out loud, Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses was completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. We do child dedications. We've done them various ways uh, here at Mostly now we do them on a Sunday evening and we have a large group once a quarter every few weeks and we'd do that and mom and dad would bring the child and here they would kneel and commit that baby back unto the Lord. Well, there was a service likened to that out of the law of Leviticus 12 where the child, the male being circumcised and the mother at the time of purification bringing the child. Now, it brings to mind that there is in church a tradition for baptizing 
infant children. Infant baptism. We do not practice that here. We believe that baptism is for believers and believers only. We believe you come to faith in Christ and then you're baptized. There are some who take one or two texts of uh, what they call household baptism, that when somebody believed and they brought their whole family for what they would call household baptism. Uh, but we do not find that in the New Testament uh, epistles uh, of people appealing to that and coming uh, for that kind of baptism. Thus, we believe that baptism is for those that have trusted Christ. Those of you that have yet to do that Christmas Eve, I'll be right there in the baptistry, four o'clock, six o'clock. And Christmas Eve is a time when many people make that affirmation uh, of their baptism. If you've never uh, done that, you need to be baptized after you've been saved, then you come see us today. You're out at the next step tables, and we'll set that time, get you prepared if you are ready uh, for baptism. But dedicating a child unto the Lord is a really an important event in the life of a family as they bring that child and commit that child unto the Lord. Well, it was in the time of Jesus, an important event. Simeon was in and out of the temple, in and out. He was looking because he had a promise from God. He was looking for the Christ, for the Messiah, he knew that baby be born. He had read his Old Testament prophecy and knew they'd bring that baby to the temple. And here's Simeon. The Bible says about him five things. It says, first of all, he was a righteous man. He, he lived a life of righteousness, of godliness. Secondly, he was devout. Uh, he read the Old Testament. He was devoted unto the Lord. He, he was at the temple. Uh, he was there. He was looking, thirdly, the Bible says, for the consolation of Israel. That's another word of, of looking for the promised one. Now, Israel was under Roman rule, and they needed to be consoled. They, they needed help. And many people thought that when Christ came, he would come on a white horse and lead the troops and overthrow Rome. Huh. Uh, he's coming to overthrow Rome, and he's coming on a white horse. But he came as an infant babe in a manger to overthrow Rome that day. He was consoling Israel. He was the Messiah, the consolation of Israel. The Bible says about Simeon 4, the Holy Spirit was upon him. And number five, he had a promise from God. Verse 26 is that promise. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. He would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Here's a man, and he said after he had seen Jesus, I'm ready to die. I want to ask you that question this morning. Are you ready to die? Are you ready to die? I mean, right now, if, if the death angel came in and you breathed your life, are you ready, ready to die? Simeon said, let's go to glory. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Yesterday morning was Nancy Wilson's birthday. I went to the residence where she was. No one was there with her. Family had gone. And I went, and she could not speak. And I just sat in a chair at the foot of the bed. 
As Nancy had that laboring breath and that rattle in her chest. And I thought, Lord, it can't be long. I'm not a doctor. My little girl, who's now not a little girl, but I've shared with you before, people had asked her when she was a child in school, what kind of doctor is your daddy? And she said the kind that don't do nobody no good. That's what she said. <laughs> and I've had to train her up a little bit, but I, 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 I didn't know. And somebody asked me yesterday in Oklahoma, been praying for Nancy, how long do you think she has? I said, I'm no expert. I don't know. Uh, but I've watched this enough to know it can't be long. And uh, just four hours later, her breathing was not labored. Her breathing was celestial. Nancy was ready to die. Are you ready? You ready to die? It's coming. Unless Jesus comes, death's coming. There's flowers here today for some of our deceased members. And these beautiful flowers are some in the foyer for another family, honoring those that have gone on. Simeon said, Lord, I can go now anytime. I'm ready. I have seen yourself. We don't know how long he lived. Maybe he died that afternoon. I don't know. Maybe he lived years and years. Dear friend, we do not know the hour, but God knows the moment because it's appointed unto you once to die. And Simeon said, I've seen him. Now, friend, you're not ready to die till you've met him. Till you've met Christ, you're not ready to die. So I pray today that you would know him. You would know him. Jesus is here, he's incarnate, revealed in the flesh, according to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. One of the great common mysteries is the first one is that God is revealed in the flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord. So Simeon walks in, and he sees the child, and the Spirit reveals, this is the Christ. <laughs> and oh, there's a shout within his soul. And Simeon observes something, and then he does something. So let's look at Simeon, at this child dedication, what happened. Number one, in Simeon's life, first of all, Simeon saw the law. He saw the law. Uh, the word law is used in this text, I think, three times as we see it here. As it was the law, they brought Jesus for circumcision. On that eighth day, they would bring him for circumcision. Then on the 40th day, they would bring the wife, and she would come for purification. We are here at the 40th day. Jesus has been circumcised. Now they're coming as a family, and here Mary is coming with the purification process. They come as poor puppers uh, bringing uh, those two turtle doves or those pigeons. They didn't have much money. They were poverty-stricken, and so they came with the small 
offering, but meeting the requirement of the law nonetheless. And then Simeon does something weird. He takes the baby and holds Jesus in his arms. Now, I don't have any reason to believe that he knew Mary and Joseph. For a stranger to take your baby. When my wife was pregnant with our Rachel, Texans are nuts. I loved living in Texas, lived there 13 years. I'd never seen this. But when a woman is expecting, Texans will walk up to you that you don't even know. And they will touch your wife's stomach and say, oh, praise the Lord, a baby's coming. The first time a guy did that, I wanted to take a gun and shoot him. <laughs> what in the world? It's just their way. I said, well, I don't like their ways. Some of those Texas ways I like, that particular one I didn't care for. But then if somebody took my child, that I didn't know. You ever been in a store and you ever try to touch somebody's child? I've had some I wanted to touch. <laughs> Amen. But even to walk up to a stroller and say, hey, you know, you just don't do it. Simeon took the baby in, in his arms. And then he started saying stuff, and it blessed them. Then he said some stuff, they, they marveled, they went, who is this guy? My soul. But Simeon saw the law fulfilled in Mary, in Jesus, in the offering. Now, hear me, church. Do not miss the law. We, we sometimes say, well, ah, that's just law. We're under grace. Listen to me. The law of God is important. It is vital in your life. You ought to know the top ten, those ten commandments, and other laws. Because the Bible says in Galatians 3.24, therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. It is the law that teaches us that we are not righteous ourselves, that we need a Savior. And the law fences us in to understand we need redemption. It teaches us, it tutors us, and it leads us to Christ. So when you have people say, oh, you know, they're just being legalistic. Let me tell you, the law is good for you. The law is good. It'll bring you to a place that you say, I cannot fulfill all that. Amen. You can't. That's why you come throw yourself on the mercy of the Lord Jesus. It's why the law is given. And here Mary and Joseph are keeping the law. And Simeon sees the law in the circumcision, in the purification, in the offering coming right out of Leviticus chapter 12, the first four verses you can go and read and see the law that was to be kept by every couple when they were given a new child. Simeon saw the law. Secondly, Simeon preached grace. 
Oh, Lord, what, what a message that, that he gives us. Look in verses 30 and 31. He says right here that uh, after he said, Father, you've released your servant, in verse 31, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Hear this preacher today. The gospel is for everyone. Jesus died for the sin of the world. John said it in 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 2. He is the propitiation for our sin, but not only for our sin, but the sin of the whole world. This is a global gospel. Here they thought it was just for Jews. But Simeon said, because he knew his prophecy, he knew that Jesus was dying for the sin of the whole world, and he was becoming a light of revelation not only to the Jew, but to the Gentile. He is for all. Listen to the Word of God. Isaiah 9, verse number 2. Uh, the Bible says, the people who walk in darkness, they've seen a great light. And those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. Amen. Hear him in Isaiah 49 and verse number 6 where he says to us, It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will make you a light to who? The nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Hear him in Isaiah 60 verses 1, 2, and 3. If you grew up in, uh, as a little girl and you, you were in GAs or a boy in RAs, you learned this verse as a young Baptist years ago. We don't teach this much anymore, but uh, this was one of those verses. There's a cornerstone, arise and shine for your light is coming. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear to you. Verse number three, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Nations. nations. Church, listen to me. The gospel we have is not a Pensacola gospel. It's not a southern gospel. It's not an American gospel. The Great Commission is for all the world. And we must get the gospel to the ends of the earth. We must begin right here. I received a letter last week, two weeks ago now, from a girl by the name of Ashton. Several years ago, she was in our Karis house, and she wrote me a long letter. She said, Pastor, number one, I don't want anything. I always love to read that line first in a letter. Uh, Dear Pastor, I love you, and I don't want anything. I'm thinking this could be good. She said, I want to thank you for having the Karis house because it changed my life. I want you to know that I've been sober and clean, and she told me how long, and it had been a few years now. She said, this coming Friday, I'm going to graduate from Troy University. I'm getting my degree. Uh, I've got a job. 
Uh, I've been reconciled back to my husband that drugs caused us to depart and divorce, and now we've been reconciled, and we are back together as a family. She said, it's all because of what Jesus did for me at the Karis house. Glory to God. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. It's what we do every day. And so I went in, showed Beth that letter. I said, get me one of those amethyst necklaces out of the box in there, and we're going to send this girl a graduation present. And so I sent that amethyst necklace to her, and I told her, I said, this stone and uh, Greek means not drunk, and you're never to be drunk again. And I sent it to her, told her what we'd been doing. The gospel, it, it begins right here. We are to take the gospel across the street, but we don't stop here. We take it across the nation. I heard from one of our church planners early this morning in Wyoming. He said, Pastor, pray for us today. We're looking forward to having a great day. It's 12 degrees, and we're getting ready to have church said, well, Lord, thank you for not calling me to Cali, Wyoming. Amen. Yeah, I'm a little thin-blooded to be up there. But he, he's preaching, and we're helping them, and they're, they're reaching into that territory. We're not a church in sight. Glory to God. I talked to one of my buddies in Romania this week. Elijah called me. Pastor, we're just praying for you today. Our job is to go to Europe with the gospel. We, we're to go. How do we do that? In your packet of envelopes, if you get them at your house, there is this month what's called the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering Envelope. Lottie Moon was one of our missionaries years ago to China. We named the offering every Christmas for her. I have my envelope right here in front of my Bible today. Uh, this Lottie Moon Christmas Offering Envelope, I encourage you to give it. Every nickel you give, every $100, every $1,000 that you give, it is to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, goes to the International Mission Board to share the gospel. This past year, our missionaries led to faith in Christ 144,322 people around the world to faith in Christ. That's what they did. Yet there are 3,000, hear me, there are 3,000 people groups around the world ha have yet to have a witness of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our job is to give, many of us to go, and all of us to pray so that we can reach the world beginning across the street, around the nation, and all the way around the globe. Simeon said it. It is not just for the Jew, but for the Gentile alike. And we find that coming alive in Acts chapter 26 and verse 23, where the Bible says that the Christ was to suffer and that by reason of his resurrection from the dead, he would be the first to proclaim what? Light both to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Our job is not just Jewish, it is not just Gentile, it's not just black, it is not just white. It is for everyone in the world. I was at a Christmas party this week. One of our church people invited me to. Myself and another guy, we're the only two white guys there. But this was not a gathering of African Americans. These were people that have moved here. Most of them that were at that Christmas dinner were Muslim. Most of the ladies dressed in Muslim attire. There we were gathered together around a Christmas dinner, 
sharing with neighbors in that neighborhood, dear friend, you could walk to it from this corner. It's not far. The world has come to us and we must go to the world. He's made it available and we should take the gospel. It's what Simeon preached. He preached not the law. He saw the law, but he preached grace. And he said, this light has come for all the nations. And Jesus, of course, is that magnification. He saw the law. He preached grace. But there's a third thing Simeon did in this text. Simeon prophesied truth. Oh, my goodness. When you get down to verse 33, the father and mother, Mary and Joseph, were amazed at the things. <laughs> they were amazed at the things which were being said about their child. And then in verse 34, and Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for three things. The fall of many, the rise of many, and the opposition of many. Oh, my, did he give a word of prophecy. First of all, Jesus appointed for the fall of many. Many will not believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23 says, We preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Gentiles foolishness. There are some who listen to my voice on that Warrington campus today. You have not believed in Jesus to you as a stumbling stone. It's foolishness to you. Many that listen on the internet, Jesus a stumbling stone, foolishness. Some in this very room, Jesus is not the chief cornerstone to you. He's a stumbling stone. Now, he's the only way to heaven, and you've not come to say, yes, I believe that, and you stumble... Simeon said Jesus has been appointed for the fall of many. There are people falling all over the world. They are falling lost. They are falling into an eternity without Christ. They are falling into the pit. They are falling into hell lost. Because they have never believed in Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 8 says, A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, for they stumble because they are disobedient to the world. And to this doom, they were appointed. There are many that will never believe. There is a note of predestination in this text. Some doomed and damned without Christ. Which one are you? Dear church, we, we, we must present the gospel to those many that are falling. Have you talked to anybody this week about it? Have you thought anything about it? Have you shared about it? I keep these little tracks in my pocket and my wife and I was out to breakfast the other morning and she keeps these too and so as I walked on out to the car, she, I noticed she hung back. <laughs> and when she got out, I knew what she was doing. And uh, I have my picture on this little track that I've had made up. 
She said when she talked to that lady about Jesus, she looked and said, I saw that picture. She said, I knew, I knew that guy. I've seen his picture. She said, well, tell me more about that. And Liz was able to share the gospel. She shared with a girl in a store where she was shopping. That little girl came, joined our church, and was baptized. And this last week, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks, and she called her, and she's teaching with her down in preschool today. Came out of lostness to get saved, to join the church, to be back, and, and now said, I, I just like, is there any place that I can serve? And Liz said, I need a helper. And she said, all right, come on, I'll, I'll do it. It's the gospel. Friend, we, we must give it to those that are stumbling over the cornerstone. But not only are, you see him prophesying about the fall of many, he, he speaks about the rise of many. What most people need is just a hand up. Amen? Just, just a hand up, just, just to reach out. See, there's two Fridays you need to remember. You need to remember Good Friday and Black Friday. Amen. Black Friday is when you pay for it. Good Friday is when Jesus paid for it. Amen. And some of y'all need to stop some of that Black Friday doing so much. Don't punch your wife now. I've seen two or three elbows fly right there. So on Black Friday, we go shopping, and we find these great, great, great deals on stuff we don't need, and, and we go get it, and we pay for it. But let me tell you, on Good Friday, Jesus went to Calvary's cross, and he paid it all. He paid it. He paid it for the rise of many to come to salvation in Christ. Simeon says, this child is appointed for the fall, but for the rise. And thirdly, for the opposition, the opposition, this will be a sign to be opposed. There's no neutrality on Jesus. If you don't believe that, you just mention his name in a crowd somewhere in this town. You can't be neutral about Jesus. Mm -mm. John 15, 18 gives us that. Look at this right up here on the screen. John 15. If the world, Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. Friend, there's opposition to Jesus today. We, we had a little uh, deal here a few days ago. A guy came spray painted some things around the church. I came in. It was on Tuesday morning. It happened on Monday night or early Tuesday morning. And, uh, I drove up, the maintenance people were uh, power washing where I park. And I remember I pulled out in another place. I parked there because Dr. Passmore uh, instituted the pastor's parking before I came. And they have me a parking place. He reminds me from time to time, aren't you glad I did that? And I said, yes, sir, I am. Amen. Thank you. I get a close-up place. And they were power washing. I, I pulled out in another spot and I sat there and fumed for a minute. I said, what, what are these stupid people doing? Don't they know it's Tuesday morning? The whole staff's coming in. Having a staff meeting. And here they're painting. And what, what are they doing? This is the dumbest planning I've ever seen. And I got up and walked around the building, came in the side door. And I was met by the administrator. He 
He said, we've had a little problem. I said, we got a big problem. If they don't get that power washing stuff out the door, we can't get. He said, Pastor, let me tell you what happened. Well, then I repented. <laughs> Not deeply, but I did a little. And uh, <laughs> uh, the old boy had painted. And, and so we had his picture. And many of you saw it on the news. Well, Channel 3, Channel 5, other people came by to visit with me. And they always do you this way when they interview you. Then they ask you, and then they stop and they say, Is there anything else that we need to ask you? That's what they always do. Well, the one reporter, I don't even know, I didn't see it, but the one reporter, he said, If you could talk to this man, what would you say to him? Hmm. I said, well, I'd want him to know that there is a rule of law and we believe in it, but we are not in the law business. We're in the grace business. We're in the forgiveness business. If you come running to Jesus, now most of the time that falls on the cutting room floor and you know you don't get that on the news most of the time. But dear friend, there is an opponent to the church and the gospel in this world. He's the devil and he's mean as hell. But he's a defeated foe and you're a victor and you need to stand like a victor and know the one that you stand for and stand with is alive and not dead and the wicked one is going into the pit and you're going into paradise. You need to stand in the midst of opposition and stand speaking the truth in love in our culture. That's our job. We must do it. Why wouldn't we be the biggest hypocrites in the world if we had opened up a cares house to help drug addict girls to get right with God if we wouldn't offer the same thing to an old boy that had been spray painting in the front of the house? Well, these girls went to jail. They had to pay for what they'd done. He'll have to pay for what he did. But our job is not to condemn. Our job is to lift unto Calvary those that oppose the gospel. So Simeon is at the temple, and he gives the baby back, and he says, Mary, a sword is going to pierce him, and it will pierce your own soul. Just three decades later, Mary watched her baby. Nailed, thorned, pierced, dead, and she wept. If a mother sees a child die, they weep because it's backwards. But Jesus was appointed to that death and died dead. That's why they named him Jesus, the God of salvation, the Savior of the world, the one in whom salvation resides, Jesus. <laughs> Is he your Savior today? If he's not your Savior, I want him, but he wants to be. 
He loves you. He died for you. He, he offers that salvation unto you. If you'd but come to him, he'll receive you. Mm. Yes, he will. What a Savior. What a Savior. What a Savior. It's the time of awards and football sports and I've listened to several this week and those young men when they stick that microphone in their face. I've heard three different ones this week. I say, what would you like to say? And I say, well, on the occasion of this award, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, there's a difference in saying that and thanking God. You know, the Lord's been good. Well, yeah, he has. But when you use his name, Oh, that name. There's no name like that name. The name of Jesus. What a name. And when you put that out there, you, you, you've taken a stand. And when you say, I want to thank my Lord and my Savior, you personalize that. Jesus Christ. Have you taken your stand today? You, you. If you've not taken your stand, if you're on that Warrington camp, you've not taken your stand, you come tell John and Mike, let them know. If you're on this campus, you come tell me or go to the next step tables. If you're at home, you, you send me a text message at 94,000. Just text me that word Savior and we'll reach back to you and help you. Just, just 94,000, Savior. Say, Pastor, I want to know Jesus this day. Jesus, Jesus. We sing a song that says there's something about that name. Hmm. And Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Oh, my Lord, what a name. What a name. What a name. Now, I want you to do something for me here, and then we're going to be done. I want every one of you to tell me your name. I want you to tell me your name. Tell me your first name right now. Just tell me, everybody, out loud, tell me your first name. Say it now. I didn't understand any of that. (laughs) May I get it this way? Tell me your last name. Everybody, right now, tell me your last name. Tell me now. Everybody tell me your Lord's name. Jesus. Oh, I got it now. That's the name above every name. That's the name that, that matters. Jesus. 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 There's just something about that name. Is he yours today? Is he yours? If you don't know him, come know him. If you're here today and need to join the church, come be a part. If you're here today and need to get ready to be baptized, come. Maybe you just need to come lay the name of a lost person on this altar. You come. You come. I'm going to speak to Jesus for a moment. And I say amen, we'll stand. When we stand, you come. And you say yes unto the Lord. Father, thank you today for Simeon. Thank you, Lord, for his bold 
proclamation of the gospel. And Lord, I pray today that men, women, boys, and girls come to faith in you. God, grow this church, change our lives, and help us make much of Jesus. Give courage to people that need to come right now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.